Welcome back. Don't <laughs> feed the trolls. This is the How to Be Human series. Um, I don't know if you've enjoyed the last two episodes. If you're tuning in at the third one, it's kind of weird. It's like watching Back to the Future 3 and not <laughs> 1 and 2. Like, what are you doing? You got to learn about the gigawatts first. Yeah, you got to learn all about the gigawatts <laughs> and the flux capacitor. But um, this is a series on Matt's new record, How to Be Human. And this is the third part of three episodes, uh, a commentary on each song off the new record. And uh, we discuss tracks 9 through 12 on the album. Yes, and if you're a patron of this podcast, maybe you've already heard this because we're posting this series early on our Patreon. If you're interested in getting early podcasts and bonus content like our Troll Talk podcast, go to patreon.com slash don'tfeedthetrolls. You can also go to trollspodcast.com and uh, click on donate a little housekeeping i'm on tour right now uh as you're hearing this on the east coast with the classic crime that's my band so come say hello to me i would love to see you and uh chit chat dates are at theclassiccrime.com also i'm going to be in living rooms all over the country this june july and august with my wife we're traveling with uh, the kids as well in an RV. We're doing intimate living room shows uh, with a band that I am in as well called Vocal Few. At these shows, we kind of hang out, we play songs, we talk, um, and you can grab tickets to that at vocalfew.com right now. So I'd love to see you. I'll be all over the country this summer. And if any of you guys are, have been listening and maybe thought, oh, I'd love to meet Matt and tell him how stupid he is about that thing he said, do it to my face, man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, do it to Matt's face. Just walk up to him and tell him how stupid he is. I, I'm good. I'm good with critique. I love it, actually. Yeah. No, we really, we really do uh, want to thank all you guys for supporting the podcast in the last two weeks. We've grown by a third. Our Patreon has has grown a lot, and a lot of people are just hopping on board, listening to the extra podcast. A lot of people like that podcast. Better, they say. So, hmm. well, what, hmm. do you, what do you know? Hmm. More candid, more candid crap. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's uh, not waste any more of your precious time out there, listeners, driving in your automobiles, stuck in traffic, <laughs> polluting the world. Um, <laughs> judgy. Listening to, yeah, judgy. No, that's <laughs> it's fine. You're going to pollute the world plenty this summer, Matt. So you're you're uh, <laughs> you're in good company. Let's talk about uh, track nine. Yeah, track nine is a song called More, and I wrote the song right after we selected the track list for Phoenix. So it was back in 2011 or 12 I actually wrote it. but um, So it sounds hmm. kind of like it's from that vein of songwriting, and I do this a lot where I'll write a song and it just won't fit uh, a record as far as thematically, and I just keep it, and I sit on it for a while. What about sonically, though? Does it sonically fit up? Sonically, it fit, fit it perfectly. Fit yeah, it fit it perfectly. Okay. But ultimately, I felt like there was a song on the record already called Heaven and Hell that kind of did what this song did as far as the sound and the searching of the lyrics, and so I kept this off that record. And I wanted to add it to How to Be Human as kind of a nod to where we went with Phoenix, which is what I think this song really captures. It's the it's the rocking with the minor chords, man. It's all It's all A minor. But you can kind of like repurpose a song even after the fact, because I know we did that a lot, where you write a song in a certain era of time, like a 2008 song, and then you readdress it in 2017. You can take elements and parts and and kind of make it your own, right? Exactly. It's like modern. It's like you can... Up to date? Yeah, you got the bones of it. And the bones are like, you know, if you think of the bones of a dinosaur, 
you can put different skin on it. You can put feathers on it. You can put scales. You can you can make it look completely different. But the bones are still there. And this every every song has every good song I think has good bones, and it's a coherent structure. And you can color it any way you want. And that's kind of what we did with this one. But yeah, this song really dives into the topic of desire, which we talk a lot about on this podcast. Uh, especially the fact that exactly at the moment you get everything you want, you suddenly want more. And so this is kind of a real, uh, an Enneagram hmm. 8 song, Nate. It's it's about a lust for intensity. It's a lust for more. It's, uh, you know, it, it, anything worth doing is worth overdoing type of thing. Yeah. What I like about it is that it's also vulnerable and sincere. And that's, sincerity is really important to me and honesty. And so it's not just, look at me, I'm a, I'm a badass or a rebel. It's also... You know, I'm I'm not very good at this vulnerable love thing, and I feel like I'm a bit on the outside, but I'm learning. And even as I learn, I tend to want more and more and more. So uh, this is a pretty aggressive song for the record, um, but we always like to do this. Kind of in, in, in the last half of each record, we kind of do a nod to the previous record just to tie it all together. So when you say for the record, do you mean for the record? For the record, for the record. Or... For, for the, the record, for the record, this is this is the heaviest song on the record. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the heaviest song for the album. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, it's, it's arguable, but um, but yeah. Well, let's just listen to it uh, without further ado. This is track nine, and it's called "More." Maybe I'm the bastard romantic who watch you sleep. I never had anybody before you to teach me anything. Of love And maybe you're the constant reminder of what I've gained Before you came around I was a kid in the crowd without a name But now I have everything And I still want more
man, Matt, that just left me wanting more, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love your cheesy exit uh, of yeah, the song. Yeah, I love your. I just love your <laughs> and the fake laugh. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love your ability to laugh at my dad jokes every yeah, episode. Yeah. Well, every time I go back and edit the episodes, I'm always like, man, Matt. That's a pretty good co-host because he laughs at all my stupid jokes. I'll have at all the jokes. Yeah. So I you mean, have you have some love in your heart after all, Enneagram Eight boy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a deep well and it's protected. But yes, um, you know, that song's about my relationship mostly with my wife, and and I use the term bastard romantic in that I never, I never had a, a, an authority figure teach me how to love and how to be sensitive or vulnerable, and huh. so. She and she kind of takes that up as my uh, significant. Other. How does your wife feel about you writing songs about stuff like that in your relationship and kind of putting it out there? I think she's she likes it. I mean, if I don't have a song about her on a record, she's probably a little bummed out because she's a huge part of my life. So, so I think no, she's, I know, but she's some people it. just you know they like they like kind of the intimacy to be something that's more sacred, less. Well, sure. Um, I mean, the song is is. It's still art. It's not like reality, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. It's metaphorical, and it doesn't sum up the. It's not like hip hop lyrics where you're calling out specifics. <laughs> but yeah. that's interesting, though. But the, yeah, there's some artists that do that, and I've always wondered. Anyway, not to get us on a tangent, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I like what you said earlier when you were said. It, you know, I never had an authority figure teach me how to be intimate, and um, I wonder how many people can identify with that because it is hard. I mean. I would say that I was arguing on Facebook today that um, about this um, kind of thing. We could talk about that in future, but there's a lot of angry men in the world, especially in prisons, and I think it stems from a lot of their fathers were angry, and it just kind of stem goes down the line. And like you said, there's not a lot of people, yeah, men teaching other men how to be vulnerable sure. in love, and like you know what I mean. So is that kind of what you're? Yeah, at? angry or absent? Yeah, both are. You know, it's so easy and it's so base and so limbic and reptilian for men to just turn to coldness or aggression um, and to not be in touch with their feminine side. And uh, and then you meet somebody, right? And that's kind of what happened to me is I met a girl who was very in touch with her emotions and required of me to meet her there. And I had to learn in my late teens how to speak about my heart and be vulnerable and hmm, hmm. and express that love and that was di- very difficult for me someone was telling me like how it kind of stemmed from like the great depression a lot of absent fathers because they either got killed in the war or they came home really messed up mm-hmm. and then we're like the third generation of all of all that right so we're kind of the first generation that might actually have the mental ability to like change the game right um set the future straight do you think as a father um, writing these songs and kind of looking at it now going, I don't really know how to do this. Yeah, well, as a father, it's opened me up more. I mean, I had two girls off the bat, which I think is kind of a, a cosmic test. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. all right, tough guy, here you go with these sweet, beautiful daughters yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. who who really need you to be present emotionally, right? They need you to be invested in their in their mm. view of the world and, and their emotional needs. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's another step that's really opened me up, you know, just beyond my relationship with Christy is is my relationship with my daughters. And as they say with Enneagram 8s, to be in touch with your vulnerability, like your power is actually your vulnerability, and to be in touch with it, they say animals or children 
uh, help that. And I can attest to that. Like if I can, if I sit down and look into my daughter's eyes, I can suddenly let my guard down and just be open emotionally. And it's, it's, I, it's really helped me. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, track 10, the third way. And we're almost at the end of the record here. Um, the third way, what does that mean? Well, it's, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about duality on this podcast. Like it's either or, it's like right or wrong. It's like winner loser type of thing. And the third way is really about, it's really about dying to that binary reality of um, hmm. right and wrong. And so lyrically, it's about someone who is holding on to the fact that they are right when they aren't. Yeah. And they're denying themselves their path to growth through suffering. So in order to, we have to die to ourselves, to use spiritual language, but die to our, our notions of, of being right, right? We have to be like, we don't know. And that's and and that's a yeah. that's where you really face suffering. You really face the darkness. Is that you might not be right, but that's where kind of growth comes from. So the admission of guilt is kind of like a death to yourself, and it's allowing your ego to die. And your ego always wants to protect, you know. But allowing your ego to be crushed is what leads to kind of this truer life. And so you'll hear a lot yeah. of referencing to this Pascal cycle of death and resurrection and as metaphors for letting go and giving in and coming more fully yeah, alive. Yeah, it's 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 almost like I heard uh, Richard Rohr talk about this on a couple podcasts, but he kind of says like once you see this way of life, you mm-hmm. can't unsee it. Right, the third way. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's yeah, you kind of see the world in a different lens. You you kind of give up defending a corner. Right. You kind of just let go and kind of float in the ocean of I don't know what's going to come up and bite me. Well, it's funny because like I, I live pretty, I'm, you know, I'm pretty dualistic guy. Like I, I think when I see people out there saying the wrong thing, I want to, I want to make them know that they're wrong and that I'm right. And part of that is just social media is so limited as far as communication. So I'm seeing that other people are, are, are reading this comment that I feel is wrong and they don't have a balanced perspective. And so I try to balance it out, but that's still dualistic. Right. And, and those interactions don't really mean anything. I, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. not even yeah. reality. It's just on a screen. But, sure. um, so I kind of fall, fall prey to that as well. But the reality is, yes, the third way is no right and wrong, just accepting what is, and part of accepting what is is accepting that you could be wrong and really entertaining that. And so, yeah, this song started with a drum beat, um, like a lot of the songs in the record. But Skip was playing this in rehearsal to a bass line that I was playing. And I recorded his little tom fill on my phone. And then I programmed uh, a version of that into mm. a demo and then put the, the, the bass line over top. And that's kind of the, the root of the song. That's how it all came together and i just went from there so did you uh, write a lot of songs like finish a lot of songs in the studio or were they all kind of done already um most of them are done uh but yeah i'm on this record it was funny we were just podcasting and then all of a sudden one day you were like oh i'm going to record an album and i'm like when did you write songs i didn't even yeah i know i can had all these songs written i can be pretty isolated about stuff like that christy makes fun of me she's like you always say you want people to like be a part of your your music but like you just zero in and you forget that people exist. And I know that's true. <laughs> I don't want to be that way, but I just get obsessed and I just do it. And it's like this secret, it's a secret life that I live. <laughs> huh. yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so without further ado. You have a secret garden. You have a secret garden sound garden. 
Secret Soundgarden. Without further ado, here's <laughs> the third way. Two songs left. Um, well, and, this one's uh, actually an interlude, and it's funny because I wrote a bunch of notes about it, and it's just it has two lines. What of is lyrics. an interlude? Well, it's kind of an idea, or this is essentially a, a mantra, kind of reflecting on the entirety of the journey. It's not it's not a full song structure of like verse, course, verse, course, bridge, course. It's just a mantra that is repeated over and over. And it's about a minute and a half, I think, maybe maybe two tops. But okay. But yeah, this is this song's track eleven. It's called "Hold On, Let Go," and it's kind of about the three phases of consciousness that we talk about on this podcast a lot, 
which you know can be referred to as construction, uh, deconstruction, and then re- reconstruction, or as you know you were saying, Rohr talks about order, disorder, and reorder. Yeah. Um, so construction is like where we form our identity. It's the value system we're taught um, and must agree with to function in society. So like in our social groups, it's like you kind of have to agree in these foundational truths, and then you can be allowed to function and interact. Um, and then deconstruction is kind of where we grow up and we, we tear that all apart. And we find out what pieces fit based on our newly found data or personal experiences and we pull apart those agreements we've made to find out which makes sense and this is kind of like when people grow up and go do i believe what my parents taught me and and who am i in in the scope of you know the universe and this is you know that's the hard part it's losing our old identity and so it's scary um dying to ourselves so to speak and then reconstruction is when we start to examine which pieces we will live by and put them back together to construct a new identity but not one that resembles the original construction in that it's exclusive and like you're either in or out based on yeah. this construct, but one that includes those original pieces as, as kind of valuable parts of the journey. So one of the best uh, ways I've heard this construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, or order, disorder, reorder is I've heard it said that we first hold on, like we we grab on to things because we need a foundation. We can't just float out in the chaos we need order right so we must hold on in order to function and that's construction and then we have to find solid things to form an identity right um we often white knuckle those things for too long though like sometimes way too late in life do we realize that that those things aren't really sustaining us and we Hmm. use all these apologetics and whatever to kind of justify and protect that construct because we're very afraid of losing our identity. And then the second step after holding on is letting go. So that's just kind of going, I'm, I'm going to let go of this. And that's, so where are you in this? Well, that's, I mean, it's a cycle, right? I mean, it's a cycle. It's, it's the Paschal cycle in a lot of ways. You don't necessarily feel like you can always be in sort of one of the stages of this. No, like I think of... that I think that life is a cycle. It's a it's a cycle of holding on, uh, a letting go, and then just being. I would say the ideal is to just be all the time, but like that's very difficult. It's difficult to get things done um, if you don't sit with a construct. You know. So are you saying that like when people white knuckle and hold on and and use apologetics to kind of form this uh, sort of this yeah. wall of belief that Safe is house, impenetrable. Yeah, yeah. I would say you have a lot of fans that kind of push you to, they, they, they would want you to write about that safe house. They kind of want you to write songs that help them feel more secure. It reinforces the construct, right? It reinforces yeah. the holding on. I'm holding on and it's a good thing I'm holding on. But the reality of growth, it takes all, all three. It takes holding on, it takes yeah. letting go, and then it takes kind of accepting what is, which is like accepting the doubt, the lack of certainty, and holding loosely our beliefs so that we can be more easily challenged hmm. and changed. And that's that's where transformation happens. So uh, this song is simply just the mantra, hold on, let go, and be. Just be. Yeah. And that's just kind be. of like the cycle. And it just grows and swells. And I, I was like, it's not a real song. And then I played it for Christy, and she cried. And so I was like, well... I should put it on the record. <laughs> I'm not even going to yeah. finish it. It's just this mantra. So I yeah. felt like it was a good 
pause before the final song. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, here it is. Hold on, let go. track 11 and we got one more song on the new album and this one's called black and white which goes with the theme of this record this podcast this this stage in our lives as dads well it's funny it's like you know in some sense we're we are giving order and a construct to our kids we we follow them around all day saying no don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that you know but We're internally them, but internally you're going i don't i don't know i don't know yeah i, I don't, don't know. know but like they need this order and, and, sure. and they're, 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 they are sacrificing part of their identity to to learn the social constructs but that sometimes you know with ki- with kids it's just don't don't fall in the ditch. Don't eat that. Well, there's that, don't but uh, that up, you know but other mean? times they're just they're just running around with pure unadulterated joy. Sure, throwing and they're stuff so, everywhere. They're and... so happy, and we have to say we have to come in and say, "Don't do that," because you'll tear the house apart. So <laughs> we are, yeah. in some sense, we're, we're we are saving their lives, and in another sense, we're we're crushing their spirit. But that's just yeah. so that they can function in 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 the order of life and in the in the construct of our society because if they don't have that then they don't have any foundation with which to grow and it's so interesting and black and white kind of like it kind of song about so i wanted this to punctuate the end of the record because the record starts with holy water this expansive and inclusive song on the connectedness of all things kind of doing away with the binary either or everything's sort of sacred everything's sacred if you have this perspective this new changed perspective but this song is kind of a completely different perspective and i think it honors the situations in which binary dualistic thinking can actually save us and so like you talking about like don't go walk near that ditch for the kid because it will save the kid's life or don't walk out in the street there's cars and you have to teach the kid that they can't do those things it's like 
it's an either or. It's like don't go out there, stay here. And, well, it's like uh, you can return to the rules almost after the fact and kind of realize the intention of the rule. Right, right. Like, you know, and I think that's the part of being young is like, you know, you're told not to do something and then you don't really understand it. And then you go through the phase of, no, I don't need rules, anarchy. Yeah. And then you come back and you're like, no, we need rules. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know? the balance of order and chaos, you know, the yin and the yang. Um, yeah, yeah. And so we, we all need we all need both. We all need to live a balanced life. But, you know, just thinking about the balance of black and white, that is the yin and yang, right? And there's there's a border that that we need to, to see. And so thinking about, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, for instance, you know, alcoholics can only get healthy by first admitting their binary flaw of alcoholism, right? Like, so they have hmm. to choose to embrace the binary solution of sobriety. There's no, it is either or, drunk or sober for them at that point, right? There's no middle ground. There's no, I'll have two, I'll have two drinks, right? This yeah. is beyond a, a both and situation. You can't become sober if you try to straddle the line and hold your alcoholism loosely, right? So, it's only functional if they fully admit that one way doesn't work and they go fully the opposite so way. What, so where are you in your life right now that makes, what do you want to say specifically is black and white for you that you're coming back to? Well, I, I'm not saying that I'm specifically in a state where that means something, but I am okay. saying that I have been in a state where it meant a lot. And so... So in the way that this song is kind of talking about salvation, it's about being saved from our flaws or going from a dark place to a light place through the desperate admission of our need for grace and resurrection. So it's reflecting the Paschal cycle of hmm. death and rebirth, hmm. but in a very binary way. And I think that it's valuable. And I think a lot of people boil down spirituality is into right and wrong. I think they simplify it a little too much. But there is value in that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like you said in Holy Water, each death a new perspective, right? And I thought that was one of the lines in the in the album that has stuck in my mind as hmm. um, something that uh, I would love for you to expand on. That you come yeah. to a place, perhaps in life, when you realize that like life is a lot of deaths, right? And I think sometimes, as you know, the religious right can get in this mindset: there was just this one death right. and this one resurrection, and they completely miss right. The millions of metaphors all around us of how that every every season is a death and a resurrection. Every, yeah. Know. Well, I mean, I've I've heard it said this way too. Like, if you're going along the journey, you are picking up baggage, right? And at some point, you're so weighed down that you can't continue on your journey. And at that point, you mm. need to leave something behind. And that kind of is a it's a it's a metaphor for death, right? I've got this big burden or this boulder that I'm carrying that I that I thought was a jewel at one point but it isn't anymore it's just weighing me down and that could be yeah. you know that could be a belief system or that could be an addiction or a, okay. a, a pattern of thought that is or resentment or whatever whatever it is unforgiveness and you it's weighing you down and in order to continue growing and continue exploring creatively this journey and moving forward you have to leave that behind and and that is a binary move there is no i can keep some of it you know you ha sometimes you have to let yeah. go completely and that that i think is what is is symbolized in kind of this the idea of salvation is that you turn away from one destination and, and you head another way or, or in a metaphorical sense, you leave, you leave everything and follow. And so, 
you know, I wrote the original version of this song in 2009, and I think ultimately it was an, it was the inspiration for City of Orphans, which was on Phoenix, our last record in 2012. It was the last song on the record, and we we tend to like these kind of big epic slow growers yeah. for the for the ends of classic crime records. It's kind of been a, a theme of ours, but uh, this is a six eight song. It starts slow and builds to kind of a desperate climax. And I was thinking. You know, I was waiting to find the right album context in which this song would fit, and I think it finally found a home at the end of this record, How to Be Human, Hmm. because it Hmm. sounds like it really rounds out the record and the journey. Um, You know, this is the concepts of holy water transcending and including the duality of construction, but sometimes it's both needed and powerful to say, Savior, save me. Like, that Hmm. is, in your darkest moment, you need to reach across and do that there's no kind of both and situation so it's a it's a perspective that is completely different than holy water but i think it's looking at the same source just from another angle so love it here it is thank you guys for listening to our series on how to be human it's been fun talking about these songs if you have any questions please email us at don't email the trolls gmail.com um without further ado here is the final track on how to be human this one's called black and white Purpose is everything A hopeless romantic sings Give me my chemicals I've fallen in love with one Cause it never does me wrong Except when it's gone Why don't you wake me up From my sleep tonight And in the morning light I will face you Why don't you wake me up From this wasted life And in the morning light I will face you Hindsight is everything In the darkness that morning brings The shadows from Contrast is deafening From the blur of a midnight street To the morning of black 